Welcome to Tuke Talk, a video podcast by the band Tuke, and brought to you by Blackfrog Media. We chat with the best in the music industry from yesterday and today with a focus on the good old days of Canadian rock. This episode originally streamed live on Tuesday, August 24th, 2021 on Facebook Live. Now, here are your hosts, Todd, Brent, Shane, Corey, and Darren. Hey, this. hey welcome to my, from my last trip to Canada. It's a fancy, shiny Tim Hortons cup. Ooh. What a Frankie and Johnny's from Calgary. Did you guys get any of these? No, no, no. You got the only one. You got the only one. That was a great sh- uh, club in Calgary. There was one. It was Frankie and Johnny's South, and then Frankie and Johnny's North. The North was at the Beacon that the became Beacon. the North, the yeah. North Center Inn, yeah. and then there was the South Center Inn down on McLeod Trail. That was where the other one was. But yeah, so John Johnny showed up at, at our our just show in Calgary, and he brought that one shirt. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, Dude, seriously. I had a- Great con. But he said his favorite favorite band was Hell's Bells. Well, and honorable mention, Kickaxe for sure. He goes, my all time favorite, sure. Kickaxe. But he goes, I loved Hell's Bells. So Shane, you got the shirt. Yeah. And yeah, that's I where I remember seeing I Hell's had a good Bells. Chat with him. Did you? I remember seeing Hell's Bells yeah. at the North Center Inn at, at Frankie and Johnny's North back back then with Shane Gallus, who looks yeah, exactly the same. He just had a, he just had way more hair back then. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> he he yep. didn't seem like he changed much, but he was talking about putting something together in the future for us, a little uh, Frankie and Johnny's right. night. So that's right, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, well, I think with I think with Kickaxe, I think he's I don't yeah. want, don't want to speak out of school, but I think he's trying to get something a night together with some guys like that. That'd be so awesome. That would be fun. Speaking of which, so we just got back from uh, our first trip to Canada in seventeen months or something like that. So yeah. what an yes. adventure! Yes, an adventure. We should probably start off talking about the fact that today we lost Charlie Watts, which is a, a huge, which is a bizarre reality check on how this is all going. You know how we're, you know, the next several years are going to be rough. Just losing Dusty Hill is gone. You know, it's it's become really surreal. Like as these ends of an era are starting to occur, even though. I know the Stones were already planning on going out with Steve Jordan on drums, which in a lot of ways to me is probably the only acceptable replacement for now, mm-hmm. like, like a temporary Band-Aid. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, we, no one expected these men to be 80 years old and going on the road. Um, but that was the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ringo's yep. 81 now, I think. Yep. He has dates. He has dates on his calendar. So yeah. guess what? Fast forward, you know, a few years, and we'll be in our 80s going like, all right, Frankie and Johnny's uh, reunion night is going to be great. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was thinking that very thing. It was like, well, let me see. How many? 27 years? I know. Uh, I can think back 27 years quite easily. But- well, dude, I was. there was that meme I put up a little while ago. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was um, the difference from 1980 till 2021 is the same distance from like 1939 to 1980. It's like something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like it's a really bizarre thing when you subtract that kind of thing. Like I said, to be my age in 1980, I would have to have been born in 1926. And I was like, whoa, dude, that just kind of hurt my brain. (laughs) So when you start thinking of things like that, when you look on TV and you see Cocoon or some movie like that with Wilford Brimley and you go, he was my age now in this movie at the time. And you go, wow, I don't look like Wilford Brimley. I should commit to it and just throw down full, full Wilf, Wilford Brimley. 
it's, right a, on. it's, the, right, well, it's the right thing to do and a tasty way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we got a great show today. Yeah. We got mm-hmm. a great guest. We do. We have um, a snippet of a video f- of uh, some behind the scenes footage of our trip up to Canada, which we'll. This uh, is the equivalent of a slideshow, uh, a Corey slideshow. <laughs> Hey, I want to see the trip to the uh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We should get a slide projector. That'd be the best way to do this. No, and, this is great. Uh, Corey, Corey edited this together, so I want to I want to take a look at this for everybody. Can watch our trip to Canada should, in some fashion. Should we, should we play a little clip now, or yeah, I'll play a clip. I'd love to watch. Okay. Something like we're getting back to work. Oh, we're gonna work. Um, Finally, I've suffered many hardships. <laughs> Tukey's getting back, back to work. To work baby. We're on our way to Calgary. Nice shot. Fires. Damn. Yo, finally. I missed you, Canada. We need Tim Hortons. Is there a Tim Hortons in here? I haven't seen one. This will be uh, show number one of two. One of two. Check one, two. Check one, two. Check one, two. Check one, two. So first get through a keyboard. How do you feel about that? No pressure. It's a nice keyboard. Yeah. It'll play all the right notes. Okay. That's the main thing. Electric drums? Yeah. They're electric. Change their future. Is that the future? Um, yeah, absolutely not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it your future? Probably not. It's going to do just fine tonight. It's going to be great tonight. Why are you being so nice about it? Yeah, I haven't played them yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it might be because this is us trying to figure out how to end. Never, Never enough for you. I, I like the idea of the choke, but I just don't remember. remember. If we have them electric symbols, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The robot. Oh, guy, yeah. How about people? Paul <laughs> Stanley impression. <laughs> well, you pick me up and you put me down and you lock me in, you threw me out. That was pretty good, Shane. Oh, it's tragic. Cause I tried. Yeah, I tried. Gonna say something. I played it wrong now a couple times. This is literally the first time we've played it. Ever. I know. Yeah, well, in 17 months. 
just kind of got to clean up. There's that solo. Yeah. That's all you get. The funny, I was entertained that day because I was wearing a Rush t-shirt. Fitz was wearing a Schitt's Creek t-shirt and Corey was wearing a Vancouver Island t-shirt. And I was like, "Could yeah, okay, we get it. You guys are Canadian. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was just and my shirt goes over huge. That's all I got to say. Oh, I know. What's I that? Know. My Schitt's Creek shirt goes over huge. My target oh, yeah. purchase. Yeah, up here, they don't have Schitt's Creek shirts. So everyone sees it. They're like, where'd you get that? I'm like, really? Bought oh, in the wow. States. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, I have a, um, I bu- my wife got me a t-shirt of, uh, on the TV show, David's shop. I can't remember what he called the shop, apothecary, something or other. I have an actual yeah. t-shirt of that oh, shop. Right. So, so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of very sort of meta, uh, but that was, that was yeah. a blast. That, that particular show we added as a warm up show at our friend's cool little, uh, fancy restaurant. Uh, we did it once before, uh, but we did it as a warm up for our trip to Edmonton, which was a, a big festival type thing. And it was, I think when we um, played Grey Cup. Remember? That's right, and yeah. I'm glad we did uh, Publico because it was really, uh, which is also a really great Italian restaurant in uh, in Calgary. And uh, what do they call that area again? The Marta Loop. Marta Loop. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that when, actually when we first started playing, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I think we're doing some harmony thing. Yeah. Was it? it felt like my pants were down around my ankles. Oh I was <laughs> like, wow. It just felt so foreign. Hey, so what is it? What do you what do you think? I mean, objectively, Shane, as a drummer, where do you think the world is at with these elect? I mean, the the reason we were using the electric drums is because we have our gear sort of showing up in Edmonton, and, and this little tiny restaurant supplied this kind of stuff. And we thought it's a tiny little place; we're not going to blow the doors out of the place. So for whatever reason, they the last time we were there, there was an electric drum kit, so we used it again and thought, yeah, sure. It's always funny watching Shane do Tom Sawyer ga 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 on a tiny little you know, uh, electric drum kit. But do, where do you see the technology in that? You know, I mean, it, within reason, like, say, like, in the big leagues, mm-hmm. guys are using a lot of triggers on actual drum kits and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I know I was sniveling a lot that day and stuff. No, I, I, I thought you were really pro. It'd be basically like handing Corey, like, here's a, a totally, I don't know, like a synthesizer guitar now, and you play this now. I mean, it just, they're, they're amazing. It just really comes down to being able to have some time to really dial them in because, like, all the totally. sensitivity and the velocities. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think what happened, I'm not sure what happened with that particular drum kit, but it seemed like it was tweaked. It, it Like, all the velocities got tweaked to a certain style of playing or stick. Uh. And so I tried, I just went back to the default settings and stuff and started from there. You just really need to be able to sit with it. And uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Dave um, and Megan's daughter has one, so she's you know she might be yeah, better than you. I'm not sure. If you if you have a little time to, <laughs> <laughs> to sort them out, they're fine. You know, I mean, for what that was, uh, you know, it'd be of hard course, to yeah, do that in a you know on a real you know stage gig, etc. But for what we did, I mean, that they were great, and in the studio, and for triggering sounds and. Writing. That's kind of what I wonder because ever since 
you know, Rick Allen lost his arm, his drum kit has been largely a triggered. Yep. It sounds yep. gigantic when you see them live. Um, I always wonder if that's something that's kind of, um, you know, like if the future actually someday is like, because it's really the weirdest thing about it is the ability to completely control with the advent of, of, of profile guitar amps and using a sans amp on the bass is suddenly you can bring the band down to a, to a stage volume that is basically nothing. And so that the sound guy is in heaven out there, you know, mm-hmm. was Sean Kelly yeah. is here today. And I'm sure we've all, we've all of us have played on stages with our guitar amps cranked to a <laughs> 11 and yeah. just blasting out. So it does bring up an interesting conversation, although I would never recommend anybody play electric drums just for that very reason. Cause it's like, like I said, it's, it's specifically like saying to me, here's this, you know, some sort of, fabricated guitar synthesizer thing that you're supposed to try and make sense of it's like it's a totally different instrument really compared to what you normally play at home yeah i mean it's just again it's just you just have to sit with it and really dial in all the little parameters of you know especially like the hi-hat and fits and that's what i'm talking about with the hi-hat oh 100 percent. yeah there's so much nuance in the hi-hat and i think part (laughs) the thing was kind of wore out so it didn't like respond properly but they're great. Well, I mean, they're, but at the end of the day, two times, Shane, you played an electronic kit and you've and nailed. It. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, hold on, hold on, Tom Sawyer. Yeah, I know. come on, that's impressive. I, yeah. I'm not he sure. Still rocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, it was great. Yeah, it was not awesome. the song. He means not your great. reading of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. You did a great job. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we actually have footage of Shane playing Tom Sawyer on that electric kit in the video I just played. So um, we're probably all wondering, when can you see the rest of it? Um, I was going to play the whole thing or put it up on YouTube. In fact, it is up on YouTube as an unlisted video. I am waiting now because new footage has come in from Shane and Brent. So mm-hmm. that needs to be added in before we can release it. Um, so we'll probably put it up next we'll week. Tom, Tom Sawyer footage. <laughs> oh, no, we got it. I mean, it's the best. It's you know, you play on on these electric drums, and you're just killing it. Yeah, it's awesome. So I that's can't wait. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, now, have we kept have we kept our guests long enough? What, what time is it now? Yeah, what, what, one more thing. We'll be right with thing. you, Sean. Sorry, we have one more thing. We we Darren isn't here today because he uh, is still with his family. They're having um, you know some sad times, uh, mm-hmm. and he's in Thunder Bay right now. Uh, so he says to say hi to everybody. Um, and he also asked us if we would say ha- happy birthday to Marnie. Now, Marnie is uh, one of our biggest Tuk Talk fans. Oh, wow. As you can see right here. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's great. Amazing. Let me zoom in on that. Oh. That's crazy. Where's Marnie? Uh, she's also in Thunder Bay. Okay, wow. Ah, cool. Great. Yeah. Happy wow. birthday, Marnie. Have an amazing she got a, Happy birthday, Marnie. She got a kick-ass cake, too. Let's see if I could put that up. That looks like a, a rock band or what was that that game called? Those guitars? Rock band and Guitar Hero. Guitar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, share screen. One more second. Here we go. Will we get to see her cake now? This is exciting. Yeah. Check out this. Marnie. Oh, she's wow. here. She's saying hi. Is she wow. here? Oh, is she here? Yeah. I gotta set up my uh, my chat. Hi Marnie. Oh yeah, there Sorry. she is. She's on our chat. Hi Marnie. Hi Marnie. I'm so bad at this. Uh-huh. Hi Marnie. That's a rad cake. That is rad cake. Oh, happy birthday, Marnie. Yep. Happy birthday. Hope, hope you have a good one. Thanks for uh, tuning today in. Today we to got talk. we today we got you a Sean Kelly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like right. talking about guitar. 
without further ado, Todd. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I've known this guy a long time. A big admirer of his work. His his band Crash Kelly is like I, I highly recommend everybody check out that stuff. He's exactly the kind of he and I get along on so many levels. He's a uh, very knowledgeable. He's going to bury us today because he wrote an actual book about Canadian rock and Canadian metal called Metal on Ice. Um, but he's been a he's been a playing guitar for Learen. He just actually I don't know if we're allowed to talk too much about it. So. Uh, He's been playing with her, and he's been playing with Coney Hatch, one of our all-time favorite bands, in uh, yeah. Steve Shelsky's shoes. Um, so he is Canadian royalty, as far as I'm concerned. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Kelly. Hey, Sean. Thank you. How, how, how are, are you, everyone bro? doing? Great, great. Good. So you're in Toronto, right? In Toronto, I just I just took the red eye back from Vancouver. We were recording. I was slamming out solos right till the car came to take me to the airport wow. to get back. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was classic. And uh, so we can talk about what you were working oh, on. Yes. I didn't want to absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no so, yeah. so you're back. You were in Vancouver at the Armory. Am I am I understanding? Yeah, we're at the Armory Studios, and we're working on um, a new Learen record. The the latest so Learen awesome. record came out July twenty third. Right. But we went back in, and we've been writing and. You know, with, with uh, touring kind of being what it is right now, yep. we were feeling creative and we just kind of went in and, uh, and started working on songs. And yeah, had a great week in Vancouver with Mike Fraser. And That's crazy. Now, now, the Armory was, correct me if I'm wrong, Brent might know more this, about this than I, but I believe that was Jim Valance, Brian Adams' writing partner, started the studio. It was a great studio. They did like mm-hmm. Excess there. They did some of the Psycho Circus Kiss record there. They, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if you're like me. I was like, I saw that they had the Psycho Circus like the track, track list. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, my first day was just me walking around <laughs> taking pictures. Excuse me, I'll get to my I track. Think, I think Bruce Fairman might might have had some uh, something to do with that studio as well. I mean, he did produce a couple of those records, but um, what it's a really beautiful studio, and the fact that it's still there is is really exciting. And you did yeah. it with Mike Fraser, who is from ACDC's uh, Razor's Edge fame for a long time. And he's yeah, amazing. Yeah. 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 Just incredible, in, incredible guitar tones and an incredible facility, you know, handpicked the best gear. It was, it was a dream come true situation. And, you know, Lee's producing the record and she and oh, wow. just get together and they're like, a, they call it the Vulcan mind meld. So there's a lot of good synergy going on there. And Lee's got an amazing band, Dave Reimer on bass. Right, right. Brian Adams. Yeah. Bentall or her husband, John Cody, on drums. Like, it's 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 a really wonderful situation. So you're making music with these great people in a world-class facility, and Mike Fraser's making it sound amazing. Like, what more can you ask for? That's so exciting. And, and it's interesting in, during all this to actually be in a room together versus the way most people are doing it right now, which is sending files around. Just, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I heard you guys talking about the advent of technology, how many great things you can do with technology. But this was actually, aside from the digital audio workstation we're recording on, it's a pure analog world again, where humans were connecting, going into analog gear with amplifiers that make scronky noises sometimes. And, you know, it was wonderful. And it, it was, yeah. uh, it was really nice. So yeah, but, but uh, for all of that, it was the humanity and being in the room, cutting beds together. That's totally. Cool. It was almost yeah. overwhelming at first. I'm just so used to sitting in my basement, you know, <laughs> and sending them back. And 
Oh, no. Did you guys lay down a lay down a track a couple of times, like do a couple takes, and then go in and listen together? With I'm going to tell you, man. We were we had one day of pre pro, and we cut 14 songs. And Whoa! Was, and yeah, we were piecing things together, but we have this. You know, I think I, I guess it comes from experience and 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 also getting to know each other. Like I've been in the band eight years. Everyone else has been there 16. So we were kind of just able to get in there and do all, we, we'd arrange a song and cut it, mm -hmm. make our little charts, go and play. Okay. And sometimes the happy accidents elevated the song, you know? Yeah. That's oh, so cool. And were you guys together before that? Like, you know, songwriting wise, did you write no, we in were a Zoom session or did you get, no. uh, okay. So Here's you showed up in Vancouver all together and finally yeah. got to, to record. Yeah, we, I, I might send a riff off to Lee, and she might chop it up and say, hey, I like this part. I made a loop with this. What do you think of that? And, and you know, yeah. her husband's such a great drummer. He doesn't want to hear any drum machine or anything. He said, yeah, just tell me in the room. And, uh, yeah. and that was it. That's awesome. And Dave Reimer, too. I can't say enough about that guy. You know, he's such a strong arranger. He can go in there. And there's lots of trust, right? You know, when someone's sure. got a strong opinion, you usually say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm. of course, of course. Yeah. Well, let's go backwards now because it's always fun to uh, figure out how you got caught up in this and how you disappointed your parents by not getting an education and a real job. Or being a hockey player. <laughs> yeah, or being a hockey player. Are you yeah, a failed exactly. hockey player too? What's that? Are you a failed hockey player too? Oh, yeah. As a hockey player, I'm a pretty good guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. I didn't have the... As we're going to find instinct. out, though, as we're going to find out, Sean actually has a university degree. I know. <laughs> no way. What? Yeah. In, cl in classical yeah. guitar, in that, you know, really uh, valuable classical guitar market that parents always. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still, yeah. that's no joke. So when you, when you were growing up, did you, well, first of all, what made you, what was the impetus to pick up the guitar? Was it like uh, Twisted Sister? Classical stuff? Oh, nah, really? Twisted Sister. Sister. Like, that's, that's it. The, yeah, it exactly. Really went yeah. From, for me, it went from superheroes to Star Wars to hockey to Twisted yeah. Sister. And I just stayed at Twisted Sister. <laughs> well, and they really are kind of superheroes, really, because there was there was this Clark Kent version, and then there on the one back, back of the album would be Clark Kent, and the front of the album was the, uh, was the superheroes, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I got I a chance those. to work with D and and you know, he is that guy. Like it's hundred oh, percent. It's he is that front man. Like it's like okay. So it's it's He's, it was yeah, it's Twisted Sister and Quiet Riot and Def Leppard. It was that kind of you know, when when you know that last day of the Us Festival in eighty three when the crossed totally. over, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. this is it. This is our music and totally that's where I fell in love with it. And that so was did you get did you get yourself some kind of Kramer or Ibanez or what kind of guitars were you kind of jumping into at that time? My parents got me, my dad, I have the receipt still a $50 pawn shop guitar. It was a double cutaway hollow body thing with like, I don't know, microphone pickups, you know, like it was. And from there, it, uh, I, I remember I got a series a electric, which is kind of like a, what a version of the dinky, the Jackson dinky that was out or something, you know? Right. And that was, I thought that was the coolest. I remember getting my heart broken when the older guys at school had strats or something. They said, that guitar sucks. I was like, who the hell, Lammy Bar? What do you know? <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was the coolest. That was so. Well, it was. The at this criticism. Yeah, <laughs> of course. When, when the classical influence, because. 
I went down. I dabbled in it a little bit when I was a kid. I think I heard Blackstone. Okay. What is this? But uh, how did you get started on the classical guitar? Because that's uh, well, it was kind of dovetailing with I'd been playing a bit, and I actually started playing as soon as I could piece together a few chords. I'd go down to the record store and I'd see there was ads looking for bands, and I started playing with older guys in bars in like Northern Ontario, right? So I was starting to get in and play covers. So I was doing that. And I knew I wanted to do it for a living, but I'm like, how do you do this? You know? And so I'm looking on the back of the record. It says, oh, it's made in Toronto. I guess I got to go to Toronto or LA. I'm thinking, okay, I got to go to a big city. That's so how do you get to a big city? So well, where were you? Pro where were you at this time? Well, I'm North, sorry, sorry, I'm in North Bay, Ontario. North Bay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So, you know, it's, it's figuring out, I want to go there. How do you do it? So my initial plan was I was going to join one of the, these touring top 40 bands and move to Thunder Bay and do that and quit high school. And, uh, you know, my parents were, they're, they're reasonable people. Like they, they, they saw I was serious. They said, ah, that's probably not the best idea. And they said, don't you want to make your own music one day? And it sounds like you'll just be playing other, you know, I was like, oh, okay. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. It was, it was, it was always very supportive and they knew I wanted to do it. So, then I was thinking, oh, I'll go to that GIT in LA. I'll go, I look in the back of guitar magazines and that's Paul. Oh yeah, I'll do that. I want to do sure. And then, no, oh, that's pretty expensive. And so my parents being, you know, wise. By the way, Shane did go, but he went to PIT, right, Shane? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, Shane went to PIT, yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. How was it? Oh, it was, yeah, but, yeah, it was amazing. But. It's amazing, though, right? And and see, that's it, that's the, the thing. You get the full application professionally. And I have many times I think, oh, man, what would it have been like? But I went another way. I said, uh, yeah. you know, I said, okay, well, there's big city. How am I going to do that? Well, you know, maybe I can go study. And you can get – we in Ontario, we had grants, right? Like, we didn't have a ton of money, but we could get a grant, a student loan. I could go live there and study. And, oh, okay. Oh. So – but they didn't have – they had – uh, jazz programs at uh, in colleges, but uh, they, they only had classical guitar programs. So I said, "Oh, I better figure this out." And I said, "Oh, Randy Rhodes plays classical guitar. Ingve um, oh, does yeah. classical music. That's classical music, right?" I'll do that. Sure, yeah. So I found a yeah. teacher, and sure enough, I'm going. This is not Ingve. I'm doing something <laughs> different here. What's this? But I I did enjoy it. I had a great teacher, and uh, I kind of. Uh, accelerated, and I don't mean I accelerated in a good way. I basically learned a couple of pieces for an audition by ear. Couldn't really read, faked my way through the theory, and bluffed my way in. Like I had an audition, wow. got it. So I, I got into the program, and that's that's what got me to Toronto in '91. Wow! Just in that's time so cool. for all the music I love to go. <laughs> go yeah, good point. Yeah, I good know, point. Right? I just bought the, the snakeskin. What's going on? <laughs> I'm ready. Look at my hair. <laughs> it, so Lenny Bro, like we're talking, we're going to talk about guitar players, but like Lenny Bro, was he in there? Leona Boyd, Late, Lenny Bro, later on in the mix, like for sure. I, I, but at the time, that probably would have been lost on me. Um, yeah. Like I, I, I had like Christopher Parkening records and like like classical records, but I wasn't. Um, yeah, I mean, I studied with a great Canadian guitarist named Ellie Kasner, who was responsible yeah. for classical guitar. To, to Canada, really, in a big way. Mm -hmm. so that was uh, that was a real real gift. But uh, yeah, like I, I wanted to be a rock guitar player. This was fully a means for me to find a band and do that. That was I, I. As soon as I got to campus, I found all the guys with long hair, and 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 two of them, my for my first band, they were from New Jersey. This was very exotic to me because Skid Row is from wow. New Jersey. I said that's, that's it. Right. 
and Sebastian Bach, I see how this works. You find the American guys go to, okay, I got it. <laughs> that's what I did. I found the, the guys with the long hair and we made a band. That's how you do it. Amazing. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's and awesome. Fortunately, the, the, uh, sorry, I know I'm, I'm going on on this story here, but Please. The, the fun part was we did, I think in our second gig, a guy comes up to me and it's Jamie Stewart from the cult. Wow. He just moved from England. That's and right. I think I, one of the guys had a cult shirt on. We were playing at the Gasworks. Donnie Blaze had put us on opening for a band called Psycho Circus. Who was on okay. Okay. And I'm going, this is pretty easy. You just phone up the guy. But it was back in the day when you could phone up the club. Yeah. You got 50 friends? Oh, yeah. And I did because I was going <laughs> to the university. I could go around and flyer and do all that stuff. And you know, play. And then the guy goes, yeah, I'm producing records now. You want to make a demo? Yeah, let's make a demo. And boom. It's it was funny, great. yeah, because uh, Jamie moved. For those that don't remember Jamie Stewart, there was a version. Well, when the cult came out, they were a band. And then it slowly became Ian and uh, Billy Duffy. Oh, yeah. But Jamie was that third guy that was there for a long time. And I think around mm-hmm. Ceremony or something like that, he was eventually gone. But yeah. Yeah, he left before the Ceremony record. Is he still in Toronto? I always wonder whatever happened to him. No, I, I just reconnected. He went back to England. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, wow. and I just wow. reconnected for a little chat like not too long ago, and he's, I think he's back. Interesting. In wow, he's probably got some crazy stories because the you know that that band was really at its peak when he was still there in a way. You know. Yeah, it was it was exciting, and and, and in a full circle moment, he had been recording in Vancouver, right, with Rock and oh, Fraser and those guys. Sure. So some of the tricks that I'm seeing, I remember when I was 18, Jamie going, "Yeah, run the bass through a rat pedal." I'm going, oh, wow, right, face to that pedal. I remember that. Like, so crazy, wow. right? Like, I mean. Is that something that Fraser would probably hold on to then? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. I heard one of the engineers talking about it. It just tickled a memory, right? And we, I'd worked with John Webster. I remember him talking about John Webster doing that intro to uh, Edie Chow, baby. And Sweet and Soul how, Sister and all that he played. Well, sweet Soul, it was Sweet Soul Sister. Yeah, that was all it. the organ on that stuff. Webster was the bomb, man. He was the guy. And, and he is like Webster. Yeah. He just do that. He just goes in, plays it once. You know, yeah. he's gone. He played on everybody's stuff back then. Yeah, he was the guy. Yeah. It was a fun time. So, how long did you live in Vancouver? I'm sorry to, to digress into no, this. No, no problem. I went to Vancouver. I actually finished my last year of university at UBC because uh, I left that first band I was in. I started working with a guy named Dale Martindale from Images in Vogue. Oh yeah, and started wow. writing songs together and getting a bit of. Uh, interest from publishing companies and stuff so we got a little money to make demos and he said well sorry man i'm moving to vancouver and i said well clearly the only choice for me is to move to vancouver too so i just went and finished my last year out there and that cool. was uh i remember buying, i was i was telling you earlier i bought your ep down at a and a records i bought the the age of electric ep and was so excited wow. like, ah, working with bob rock like this is awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah local you know, guys yeah local guys made good and, meanwhile, um, we were meanwhile we were painting houses, you know, being big <laughs> rock stars. That's you know trying to. There's the music business for you. Yeah, that's right. So, so that how was, long? That is, how long is it before you put Crash Kelly and all that together? Or what is the what is the the story of how you like w- when you start putting rock bands together and all that kind of stuff? Does Crash well, Kelly you, come along pretty fast, or is that a little bit? I, I we ended up moving back to Toronto because as we found out, most of the industry was in Toronto in the first place. So yeah. we, we moved yeah. back and we formed 69 Duster and put out a independent right. record, did some playing. Yeah. And um, then I ended up going to, uh, let me see if I get this. Oh, I joined uh, a band with a guy named Chad Richardson, and we ended up winning this Q107 homegrown contest. They had a contest nice. called Homegrown, where 
one of the prizes was you'd get a record deal. We ended up getting a deal with uh, Aquarius Records. And what band the, was that? It was Chad Richardson. It was under his oh, name. Okay. Okay. He was from the East Coast. His brother had been in a band called Thomas Trio and Red Albino, and he toured with yeah, them. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah now, so is we, that is that not how like um, Honeymoon Suite got their deal and yeah. stuff? Was it? I don't know if it was that late, uh, record uh, radio station, but it was some radio was. station. I got the yeah, the whole same was still a big deal. Like you got a, a chunk yeah. of money, you got a bunch of gear, and like it was it was pretty cool, right? And and Chad was a great songwriter in the kind of Matthew Sweet vein. And I remember now at this point, I'm trying to not do too much of the rock stuff that I thought was <laughs> yeah. cool because it's, it's not, it's not allowed. Not allowed. Yeah, 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 yeah. No right hands on necks. Yeah. I not yeah. um, and, <laughs> but anyway, so we, we did that and it was great, you know, got to make a record and I think we went out to the East coast, went out to the West coast, came back home and were dropped. Like I think it was, it was like one run, wow. but you know, no, no, no slight on chat. He was a super talent and, and ended up starring in rent and doing on Broadway and did yeah. very well. From that's home. just the that's just the music business. Yeah, it's yeah. Not big, just, it's not a big deal. You're just dropped. You know. That's right. That's seems like a big deal at the time, right? Like, oh, it seems like, oh man, like you know. When we, so I ended yeah. up going back. I said, oh, I'll go to teachers' college because I said, you know, I'd been teaching guitar, trying to make a living. It was getting expensive yeah. in Toronto. I said, well, maybe I can be like a supply teacher or something. If I can't find a gig, I can. So I ended up going to teachers' college. Came back. And uh, turned out, I love teaching. I'm, I'm back actually teaching full time now. I love being a teacher. I taught grade seven my first year, but then moved into wow. teaching music, and I loved it. Wait, like you I taught grade? You taught grade seven? Like what grade seven? Like grade seven curriculum? Like I was a grade seven. Oh wow! Teacher. Yeah, yeah. Mr. So Kelly, you do. You do one year. There's one year of music on one class that are messed up. I'm telling you, and it's all my fault. <laughs> so you were Mr. Kelly, like you know? I was Mr. Kelly. Wow, my friend wrote so a cool. song, and, and one of my friends wrote a song in the chorus was "Smokes in a Car." He's a rock and roll star, and I said, <laughs> "You got half of that equation, right?" But <laughs> did you have the hair out, or did you put your? Oh, hair in no, man. Out? I, I I remember the principal saying, "Kelly, you got to You can't wear a rock shirt. Let me get you a dressed out shirt." <laughs> like I was amazing. Right off the turn of truck, right? <laughs> But anyway, it was. It you was walk like into you walk in with your Cinderella Night Songs T-shirt on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, this is a true story. I, we I had started doing this thing when I moved back to Toronto. With I was living with a guy named Neil Layton, super talented musician, and uh, we did a thing. It was me, him, a guy named Kai Anto, uh, bass player, and Tim Welch, great guitar player, National Velvet. And, oh yeah, and, yeah. And, and we played together in Rough Trade now, and. Uh, we would go down and we did, we're called the B-side players and we would do a night of glam punk seventies covers. Right. And it was great. great, but that was Thursday nights. And I still had to teach Friday morning. Oh, I'd come no. in with the makeup on and the <laughs> Mr. Kelly did nail polish on. I'm going, shh, silent reading. You know, I'm trying to get the nail polish off from the desk. <laughs> so I was young. Right. So it was a transition, yeah. period. but I, but I loved the kids and I loved teaching and that stayed with me. But in there, I said, well, you know what? I had my crack at making a record and going on tour. I did all that. I had been in a band called Vibralux, too, for a while. Yeah. We, you know, had management and, and close to getting a deal and all that stuff. So I, I said, you know what? I had a good crack. So what I do, what I really love to do is not popular, but I don't care. I'm going to do this yeah. thing. And I said, what would if I wrote a song that was what I was missing on my record? I said, I'm going to do a little bit of Queen, Cheap Trick, T-Rex, Thin Lizzy, Alice. And I just started stealing riffs and making my own songs. Sure. Crash Kelly thing was I'd just sit in my four track and do things that made me happy. But 
that was what I started getting a reaction from, from friends. They'd say, well, that's cool. Yeah. I could, I'm not a great singer, but I was singing because no one else was. Yeah, yeah. And no. um, at the time, 69 Duster had a, a small independent label and a, and a manager, and he kind of took over. And we, long story short, we ended up getting a U.S. deal with that, put some different versions, and had, had a lot of fun, man. Four records, toured with Alice Cooper across the states at a Absolutely. wonderful time. It says a lot about like following your heart and doing what you what you're true to. You know what I mean? Like what you are all about, and really kind of finding an audience with that. I think it's it it it, it is a, all that. It's all that music you just mentioned. A lot of attitude, a lot of fun, and uh, I thought I, I do. You still want to, do? You still do that on occasion? Does it still happen? Is it? I try. You know what? I, I have two songs that I I've recently written with Mo Berg that I have to put out because I love writing with Mo. He's just such a great writer, and we captured that feeling. And he's sympathetic to that style of music. Sure. And yeah. um, I, I'm going to do it, but it's hard to muster that enthusiasm because I was so hungry for it when I when you're starting to actually get a little validation for the stuff you actually like, and you're young. I, I was hungry for it, right? Um, and I had, I, I was just, I had the drive, like I could work all day and play all night and it didn't matter. I wouldn't sleep to get it, to make it happen. I ended up taking a long time off teaching and, and doing it. And I didn't care if I was making money, you know, like I, you find a yeah. way to do it now, you know, and, and after having gigs where, you know, I'm just, I'm, I have two kids, I've got a house, you know, like just, yeah, I know, you know, my life. It's hard to, to justify sometimes putting the time into something that's taken away from other things. But you know what, man? Maybe, maybe one day. It is funny because I was bringing this up the other day, talking to a friend how there's a certain amount of motivation that happens when you're young and you have that, I'll show them. And then you show them pretty quickly and then you got to find other motivations. (laughs) 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 One day everybody pats you on the back and goes, that's great. You're great. And then you go, okay, well now what, you know, I'll show them. I'll show these other people. They don't, I don't know. It's it's really fat. And you're right. It's like the older you get, the less you feel like a need to impress anybody, or you're kind of like very comfortable with who you are. You're clearly, clearly very comfortable with what you do, but you bring a whole other side of things to, to Coney Hatch and to Lee Aaron. And you bring this sort of like worldliness that you can step into these shoes of these guys and, and still not be like, but you know, but still bring your game and, and make it be like he's perfect because you're absolutely perfect for Coney Hatch. And I'm one of those guys that's like, I think Steve Shelsky. We're about to talk to, about guitar players, and Shelsky's one of my guys where I'm like, that guy's the shit. But he whenever is. I see you do it, I'm going, I'm I'm glad it's you doing it rather than almost anybody else. You know what I mean? Well, thank you. And you know what, man, I I'm a huge Steve Shelsky fan. And anytime I do something like that, I do it. I try to do it with reverence because I know how important the parts are. To sure. People, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I remember I I was working with Honeymoon Suite on uh, their hands up. I just helping with the writing and stuff. And uh, Derry had a family emergency and needed someone to sub in for like eight shows or so. Sure. And I, I did it. And I just remember thinking, man, if I was a kid or or an adult at this point, but someone there. I'm going to want to hear every one of those lines, every solo, every part. So to the best of my ability, there's certainly people who can do that stuff better than me, but definitely to the best of my ability, I try to play the parts. Sure. But still, at the end of the day, I'm a reactive musician. I'm going to play. If I feel something, I'm going to do it too. So you got to totally, I think the balance, you have to find the place where you can still be you, but these are iconic parts, and 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 I'm a, I'm a fan first and foremost, and I always have been. I'm a fan before I'm a musician, a hundred percent. 
that's very clear in your playing and in in the respect you bring to those things. How did the leap thing come up? That was yeah. actually yeah, that was through the Metal on Ice book because I remember at the time I was uh, I was working at Coalition Music. I was doing some music directing for that company. Cool. And some other things and. Um, Remember, I was in a conversation with some of the guys who run the place, and they're saying, "Yeah, you know, Leanne, she was so huge. Like, like in our minds, you know, like with the videos, especially with the the body oh, yeah. rock videos, like she was massive, right?" And then she had an artistic calling to move into jazz and some other areas, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, we're like, "Oh man, I wonder if she'd even like talk to me for the book." You know, like I'm just wondering, can you even approach somebody like that? That's how I felt about it, but. Uh, so I reached out and uh, and she graciously granted me an interview for the book. And that led to, we actually ended up doing a, a companion, I got it here, companion record to go along with the book where we covered uh, much in the same way that, uh, that yet you guys do, you know, reverential covers of, of Canadian classics with bringing in some of the singers. And um asked her if she'd be into doing Metal Queen. She was, and I uh, flew out to Vancouver and, cut the vocal and we just hit it off. We just were in so the cool. studio together and you know, I was nervous, right? Like, I'm like, like, what do I do? Like, I do, I say, you know, like, and she was, you know, we're feeling each other out. Right. Like, it's like, okay, this is weird. We don't really know each other, but in minutes it dissipated and we're just getting into the music. And I think at one point she goes, Oh, I get it. You're a big nerd. Like you're a geek. I love it. I'm a nerd too. <laughs> oh, <you're good>. Okay. <laughs> And it was I think we all are when it comes to that music, you know. We are, yeah, man. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you you you've really managed to kind of almost be like the guy to call whenever there's sort of like a, a legend like this. I think it's like I would just be like, why don't you call Sean? <laughs> Whoever's looking for that guy, I think you're the guy. Well, thank you, let's, and you know, I, I it's not lost on me, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's talk about the book oh. real quick before we get into. Yeah, the I was just gonna player, say, right? I want to know about the book because yeah, uh, like because I think we are all interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. we all kind of have the same, you know, amount of interest. But I would be very curious to hear it from a from a Toronto, Ontario area based guy. Your take on, especially the metal side of things, is very interesting. Well, you know what? The reason I wrote the book was I always felt there was a dearth of information about this period of music in Canadian history, and any sure. musical history book I read about glosses over this era. But this is an era when people these bands were putting. Three to seven thousand people in seats in smaller arenas around Canada, and they're breaking out internationally. Like Helix, band like Helix, breaking down walls in, in the American market, getting so close to that gold status, you know, of like doing big numbers. Absolutely, um, but you don't hear about it. And when you do, I, I don't like smirks in music. I got to tell you, my my one thing that I, I, I'm not a big irony guy, but something. Like, oh sure. yeah, the rock thing because it means so much to me. It, grew, it means so much, and I'm going, ah, oh, drives me nuts. So I wanted to write a book that showed that, listen, these were serious musicians who busted their asses to master their crafts. They were musicians of the highest caliber, songwriters of the highest caliber, and that it should be honored and recognized. And so that was really what it was. And then it kind of dovetailed into a story of me kind of growing up with it too and how it inspired me because – as much as the big American bands were the formation of the dream, absolutely. It was going to see Helix and Honeymoon Suite at Memorial Gardens in 1985 and go, that guy's from Kitchener? I was a uncle in Kitchener. Wait a second. I've been to Kitchener. I think I played hockey in Kitchener. This is amazing. 
and this guy's on much music and they've got ramps like <laughs> has ramps he looks has ramps too both hands are going up them and i was like ramps and lights and i want to do that and i can and they were so cool i remember uh, my mom sent me to shoppers drug mart to go get some right so i'm riding my bike that day and i go behind the rink and there's the buses i go Wonder, you know, I'm on the bus, you know, like like you do. I'm, I'm sure they're, and I, I swear to God, out walks Brian Ballmer, full leather outfit from the night before. I, the only thing missing was the dry ice coming out. <laughs> and I'm going, yes, this is amazing. This this is it. And they out they come, and then the other bus honeymoon suite, and it's just like they're the guys you see on the videos, right? Sure. And yeah. I remember Dave Betts, like who's a good good friend of mine now, uh, drummer, come up and say, "Oh, you play hockey," and he's asking me about me. I'm going, what the hell? And they teach it back, <laughs> and then I'm watching the guy change the strings on the guitar, like incredible, right? So <laughs> it was just mind blowing. So that was it. That was like okay, so Canadians can do that too. So that I, does I say a lot. It does say a lot, like you say, like knowing that these guys come from your backyard in a sense and they can attain this kind of stuff. It really does awaken a part of you that goes, oh, you know what? I think I could do this. Yeah, it's, it's representation, right? You see yourself in somebody doing something, it gives you the impetus that you can do it. Absolutely. Hey, let's talk it about guitar like, players. We're gonna, oh, go ahead, Corey. But I was going to say, it seems like you should be a fifth member of Took. I'm walking on the bus. I'm waiting for to come up the full letter outfit. Wait till you see our bus, though. Yeah, wait till you see our bus from this last trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it didn't have a windshield. It had a. Uh, it was a thing. Was let's talk about guitar bag. players because I know that I don't know what you guys, but I didn't get really specific of like I've written down the top ten great guitar players in the top ten. But, I, but Sean and I talked about this about a year ago, saying, like, maybe trying to do something where we focus on guitar. Oh, look, Corey's very, very prepared. Mr. Churko, um, you know, sort of getting an idea of, like, guitar players and Canadian uh, Canadian guitar players specifically, guitar solos, different things like that, and just sort of going over that kind of stuff. I think, I think this makes for a really fun thing. We don't normally do theme-oriented talks. We usually talk to you. And honestly, I feel like we've only scratched the surface because there's so much I would love to talk to you about. But if we don't get into talking about guitar players, we're going to be here all day. And and your wife will be like, "What the hell's going on down there?" Yeah, exactly. You're just gone for a week, dummy. Get back here. <laughs> Get those damn Tuke boys off the TV. Um, but let's. Right. Uh, how do you want to do this? I never even really wrapped my head around how we should do well, this. So what? What's the topic? Is it the best guitar Canadian guitar solos or the best Canadian guitarists? I think it's a bit both? of all that. I think it's a bit of all yeah, that. So, I mean, yeah. if you bring up, if you bring up whatever you, why don't we start with you, Corey, bring up a, a thing and we can have a little talk about whoever it is or whatever the solo is or whatever the band is and, and sort of, and then four hours from now, we'll, we'll be done talking about our list. <laughs> we lost Fitz, by the way. I don't think any, did anybody I know. Knows? I don't know where he went. Oh, he's back. He's back. Perfect timing. He had to oh, do an interview, I think. <clears throat> there we go. Oh, yeah, perfect we're just getting into the guitar stuff, so I'm ready. Um, I apologize, guys. When Charlie Watts passes, there's you know enough. usually as a drummer, a couple of people were like, "Hey, can we throw you on the get a couple sound bites on some radio stuff?" So anyway, I'm happy back. you I'm happy you were able to do that though because uh, that's a that's a very long conversation. We could do that all day too, unfortunately, but uh, you know, God bless. Uh, but go ahead, Corey. Start with your guy. Maybe we'll just go around and everybody pick their top. Got, or whatever, one of their things, and we'll talk about it, and then go from there. 
Well, I just want to start off saying you're wrong. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I think I think everybody's going to agree with me. No, I think most I think of this is probably going to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, let, let me put up say, a picture here. Uh, Corey Churko, never enough for you. <laughs> so so let, let's just get right to it then. Okay, let's get to it. <laughs> this, is, this is the guy that I think everybody's going to pick. Maybe not. I could be wrong. But what do you think? Oh, oh yeah. Sign the cloud. Of course. Absolutely. Corey just got a picture of himself with that guitar, dude, in Calgary. Oh, uh, yeah. Amazing. Would you like to see it? A friend yes. of ours owns oh, that yeah. guitar, Greg Cox in Calgary, who was in a oh, band called wow. Steeler when we were coming up. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, Corey, I mean, he's brought it out before, but I didn't even touch it. But Corey had the, uh, the you know, the hands of Excalibur. Right. And, Actually, yeah, I will. Yeah. I will talk about my favorite guitar solo by Brian McLeod. I went around. I went around the, the the a few times, and I landed back on my girl. I just kept thinking that that solo was so interesting. And we play a lot of these songs that I came up with. I go, we play a lot of these, but I, I just couldn't help but like. I went and listened to a bunch of. There it is. There, yeah, that's the guitar, dude. Wow, the man. actual guitar. What year is that? That's Brian McLeod's guitar. What year yeah, was that's it? Amazing. That's yeah, I don't know what's. Uh, how old is that Strat? It's got to be. Early seventies, something I don't Is know. Sixties, like the late sixties. I'm not sure. That'd be a Greg Cox question. If Greg was here, I would, I would have him on. Uh, one day, we know we should just have Greg on, and we'll, and, the, and the guest will be Brian McLeod's guitar with his curator. That's a good Cox. idea. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I'd, I'd, I'd tune in for for sure. But uh, but my idea. girl, for whatever reason, just has this really because it's such an interesting. You know, the chord changes that are going on under it and everything like that are very interesting. And there's a lot of different Chilliwack songs and a lot of different headpin songs. The headpin songs are a lot more rock, you know what I mean? Like People yeah. and all those ones that I went back and really got into. And I thought, but for, for whatever reason, I kept coming back to My Girl going like, I just think he really says a lot in a very brief, you know, a, a reasonable commercial radio amount of time. He really says a lot. And discuss. It's an interesting solo too because it's so it's in the lower range, like how it slowly winds its way up, right? Totally, and, and the that's why I love it. Funky, and it really speaks to him being a drummer. It does. That way he Dave Reimer, who had played in the Headpins, told me that he goes, "That's a West Coast thing, man. Like that West Coast rock thing where they were mm. right there." You know, yeah. that's where the beat was. And, and it was that, that strict sense of time pulsing. And I really hear that in those lines. And you're right. This jazzy kind of sensibility, a lot of like chromatic stuff. Totally, a lot of yeah. chromatic yeah. stuff. Tons of attitude. A lot of Very, cool. yeah. Very interesting and because it, it, you're, you're, you're actually bringing up an interesting point because he would have played the drums on that track. He didn't. We, yep. we, we talked to Bill Henderson on before, and he didn't like Bill playing guitar on the recordings. You remember him saying that? Like, wow. Bill was kind of like, you you just sing. There, Brian was just like, you just sing. And yeah. he played all the. So, all that stuff was so locked in because Brian was basically, other than Ab playing the bass, it's all Brian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's everything. Yeah. Wow. There they are. There, and there he is with, with the uh, headpins. Head That's yeah. right. The, the, um, the, the classic lineup, yeah. Which Brian yeah, also played the course, drums on that on those records as well. That's right. If you don't know already know the people in the audience, uh, he died like maybe a few yeah, years so. after this photo was taken, maybe not even yeah. Yeah, uh, from ago, yeah. cancer of some kind. Like in 91, 92, is after the Chrissy Steele record he did, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
but he played you know the guitars obviously and he played the drums like we just said but he also played keys i mean when he yeah. first joined chilliwack he was the keyboard player oh really that's right yeah that's right yeah like, like there's a video out there uh, i came across it on youtube and it's him uh some other guy in chilliwack's playing it's i think it's fly by night or whatever and oh. and he's actually playing keys and some other guys playing guitar hmm. oh, wow some wow. other guy that makes sense no. that sounds like a different band doesn't it like it really does that has that's that almost like that la sensibility that 70s la sensibility and then all of a sudden it starts to come in with the street heart lover boy getting more rock and roll rock yeah yeah, yeah definitely uh the early chilliwack has like steely dan kind of stuff yeah. going on or something so yeah good. it's totally, totally. okay well, let's move on to somebody else uh who who wants to go for the next uh actually one last thing okay go ahead my Sorry. favorite songs of his were the solo and i believe oh sure I is, believe. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. super tasty man when he comes out of that yeah it's not your typical what? brian mcleod solo but that's why i love it i loved what you're gonna do the solo on that me too you don't oh, yeah you don't that. know i love the solo on that mm -hmm. and then my fa my probably my favorite solo of his is him on keys on a uh, secret information. Oh wow, oh, that's, that's a great like, keyboard wow. solo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh oh man, digging deep, cool. digging deep. Yeah. Wow, I agree, Corey. Yeah, yeah. That, that whole record, Opus, talented. Opus Ten, or what is that? What's called Opus Ten? Yeah. Is yeah. like I, I think I've had that discussion with even your brother. Like, just we all were influenced by that. I don't know. The production totally. on that record is sick, and the, or as the drums sound so good even today. Or as yeah. it was and that's Brian on drums, right? Oh yeah, yeah. What's that? As it was called in Saskatchewan, Opus X. Opus X, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the bait. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. He was a mo And the fact that he lived on a boat just makes it all the more like, wow. Totally. Like, the coolest guy ever. Universe, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a great... On the boat. You have to look up on YouTube. It's the funniest thing, but he's probably doing... It's much music. I forget. Eric M or somebody's interviewing him, and he's on his boat, and he's talking, but he's got food in his mouth. And he's like talking away and just telling, and he goes, you'll have to excuse me. I, I just ate a turtle. <laughs> you can't Ew. Awesome. A chocolate turtle. The turtle, the chocolate <laughs> turtle. turtle. It's the best. Yeah. You'll, you'll find turtle. it. Go on, go on YouTube. Find the are, Brian McLeod are turtles, interview. Are turtles a Canadian thing or is that? Turtles, I don't turtles, know. Turtles, it was Christmas. That was, got Christmas. was chocolate turtles Christmas. is a, is a very popular thing. Well, it used to be anyway. I don't know if it's still there, but if, if that's not, if that's not an American thing, please let me know. But yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sure we'll shop in the comments. Shane, you pick up, uh, who do you oh, yeah. want to, who do you want to run the flag? I have a few guys. I'm maybe a little bit obscure, but, um, Oh, here we go. I think you guys would be honing in <laughs> you know, on, on a lot of the stuff that we do, but, I mean, there's a few guys that are near and dear to my heart, like uh, David Wilcox. Remember oh, that? yeah, yeah. Dude, sure. Remember yeah, Hot yeah. Hot Papa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laying like, Pipe. Like I remember Laying Pipe. That one. Yeah. 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 I mean, that. If you go back and listen to that riff. It's, my eyes keep I, me I just remember as a kid, oh, yeah. like, it was one of my jams, that, that record. It was like uh, Hot Hot uh, hot hot Papa and Bad Apple. and all, and Bad like, Apple. That was a, that was the coolest one. feel and the coolest tone and I don't know what it was like an old, you know, not a real high gainy amp, but it was he had that low C tuning. Yeah, yeah, he was almost dirty. a baritone thing going on. He could really yeah. throw down. Yeah, just yeah, and it was just like he just wove in between, you know, just 
the way that riff is laid out. Yeah, that's a good call, Shane. I, I didn't even, I, that one just totally got away from me. I used to love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wilcox. And, uh, sorry, go sorry. ahead, Shane. Oh, okay. go ahead, Sean. I was just going to say the thing with Wilcox, I kind of liken him to Kim Mitchell and that he was bringing kind of art rock sensibilities to the bars of Ontario. The same totally. Like, like Wilcox was out there, especially in the early days. Like it was bluesy stuff, but some of the approaches and like you said, the tunings and stuff, yeah. it was pretty avant-garde in a lot of ways. Like Bearcat, like let's, let's like an Adrian Ballou song. It should be totally. right. I never, wow. I never got to see him. Like I think I left before he he didn't really play in the West Coast that much, right? There he is. Oh, yeah. Is he still? And is he still going? I, I haven't yeah. paid much attention. Good for is him. He, where, where was he from? Is he an, is he an Ontario guy or is he? I'm not even sure. I don't know. Good question, he's huh? Toronto guy. Let's go to our comments. I, I know a few guys who play with him. They're, they're Ontario guys, so I think maybe maybe he is. Okay, oh. so next. He was amazing. Next guy, because we'll take all day, but Frank Marino, come on. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. I'm hogging yeah, the rush, yeah. Uh, like, Frank strange Marino. dreams. Strange dreams, that riff. Is there a better riff yeah. in the universe? Yeah, wow. Oh, you're that was the record. That was, that was my one of my jams. Wow. Kim Mitchell, obviously, like, in the world of Giants for a shred yeah. guitar thing. Yeah. You know what's funny? I went, I, uh, now that we're on Kim Mitchell, we should probably just Let's let's just exhaust that for a second because that's such an exhaustive co topic. Because I always thought another one of my favorite guitar solos is Monkey Bars, Steve Shelsky, and I always thought that has to be Kim Mitchell because Kim produced that album. And then mm -hmm. Kim goes, no, 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 that was Shelsky, but he just plays this outside kind of crazy jazz solo. And I always thought because yeah. that's kind of Kim's wheelhouse in a way. But I, I kind of came back to songs like All We Are. That guitar solo is like oh, so yeah. like perfect that's like, on my list yeah, yeah. holdsworthian it's like it's like taking like the the, the accessible parts of alan holdsworth totally and everything in between go for soda like he just oh, yeah. covered everything and totally. paradise skies because that's such a yeah. staple on rock radio here and that's yeah. a quirky solo right guys and it's like oh, yeah. always on the radio oh, yeah. quirky Very song good. it's super quirky mm -hmm. to be like a, a mainstream kind of hit you know what i mean yeah, yeah, Kim is Kim is possibly one of the most underrated guitar players in the world. And once in a while, you'll meet somebody like an American will go like, "Dude, that Kim Mitchell guy is amazing." And you go, "Oh wow, you know about Kim Mitchell?" Because Max yeah. Webster actually reached quite a few years, you know. And then, of course, his solo stuff had had legs as well, you know. For me, it's it's Kids in Action. That's oh, yeah. that's oh, yeah. my favorite song of all time. I do you know the Do you know the story about David Lee Roth trying to cover yes. that song? I, I, we played with Mr. Big a couple of years ago at a festival, and I, I grabbed Sheen. I said, "You must have a tape somewhere." And he's like, oh, "I don't know, man." I'm going, "Can you look? Like, here's my email. I don't want to be weird about this. So I'm being very weird about it." <laughs> What's the true story, dude? They he um because because Billy did play in a version of uh, he Max. briefly played bass in yeah. in Max Webster, and Kids in Action was a song he brought to to Dave. And from what I understand, I've I've been actually down this rabbit hole a few times. Greg Renoff, the guy who who wrote a book oh. about Van Halen and um. Yeah, he's great. He he actually has found some like track sheets of the, those sessions from Eat Him and Smile, and it says you know checked off guitars, vocals, drums, you know all the things were checked off, like as if that song was completed. Exactly. And Billy, last time I talked to him, claims that yeah, somewhere in the attic or you know wherever he keeps his stuff, there's a version of Kids in Action by like, dude that you have no idea how many of us would fall 
There's also the talk about, there's a version, apparently, from what I understand, there's a version of Dance by the Queen City Kids as recorded by Aerosmith in right, Vancouver. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, and that's another one that I've had friends tell me, a friend of ours was a guitar tech for Aerosmith for years, a Canadian guy, and he said, oh yeah, they recorded the full version. I go, dude, where is that? I got to hear that. Crazy yeah. story, though, yeah. Ooh, that's man. one of the, I think that's one of the best riffs of all time. Ah, the, really. the dance riff. Oh, dance. Dance. oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I, Kevin's not on my list, but Kevin Finn was a big deal. Uh, Kevin, sorry, Kevin California Finn. California. For a guy from like Lumsden, Saskatchewan or something, wherever he was from. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Cambridge, Saskatchewan. Act. That's where they were from, yeah. He yeah, always and rocked, they were called Cambridge, yeah. Yeah. He always rocked the the old school BC riches too. See how the four mm -hmm. the four skins on the bottom uh, four strings on the bottom of the bitch have been removed because those yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. those bitches. No were chorusing for him. He wants all the rock. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> all the point and all the rock. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Great tone. I'm, great player. I'm right. curious to know not to move on, but we're probably like an hour. But uh, Rick Emmett. Sean, oh, oh of like, course, yeah. yeah just yeah, a game, uh, was it? Uh, Fantasy Serenade, the classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he was back in the day, seven. What was that? Seventy-eight or something? Just a game. And there's like a five-minute, you know, classical guitar solo. I think was, it was. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say because you, I mean, you grew up in that thing with Rick. He must have been around. Yeah, I have that guitar, by the way. You have the <laughs> Dean. Yeah, it's a Dean Rick Emmett. What? Yeah, oh, Vinnie wow. Powell was a friend of mine. He had a Dean, you know, the Dean connection. He just showed up with it one day. I go, no way! One with oh. the one knob like that. I gotta oh, go that is so storage. cool. That is yeah, unbelievably so cool. cool. I don't have, but what I don't have is those pants, and I'm gonna work yeah. on that. Then. <laughs> How about like Jeez. rock and roll when, machine, right? Rock and roll machine guitar oh, solo yeah. in the middle. They break it down. It's like like a two just that solo, a lot of guys picked up the guitar because of that guitar solo in Rock and Roll Machine. <laughs> mm -hmm. for sure. And Rick played yep. with a pretty unforgiving tone, man. It was yeah, very know, right? bright, very uh, not very saturated, and he's right. pulling off all that stuff. Usually, what it sounds like on the rhythm track, sometimes, like you know, like totally. it sounds like he's going right into it. Sometimes, like for me, it's the lay it on the line. So that that's got everything I love in Rick Emmett, right? It's got the yeah, Jimmy. That, that was on my list. Yep. Yeah, but it's also got this classical melodic sensibility. And, what was uh, the other one? Uh, oh, Midsummer's Dream. That was a kind of a newer one. That was on Thunder Seven, right? That was right? cool too. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah newer, nineteen eighty six. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's insane. That's exactly how. But to me, yeah. that was where I discovered Triumph. Right? Like, like of course, even yeah. like going back, like and listen, later on, like that. That I love it. I loved it back then, but it was older. This totally, story totally. from Thunder 7 on, it was mine. Okay. Yeah, 100%. And, and his tone changed a little bit. I think Eddie Kramer produced that, and then things started getting a little more, you know, a little more modern in terms of the production. I think, I think Mike Clink did Thunder 7, didn't he, Fitz? Really? No, the one after. Right. Um, frequency or something? Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. oh, surveillance. 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 Thank you. Eddie Kramer did do Thunder 7, though, right? I think he did, yeah. That's a great record. I often make up things, convince myself they're true, and then have a hard time letting go. So Totally. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the same way. Triumph came <laughs> to the prairies a lot. So they were one of true. those huge bands that we go see. And like you said, like Rams, they had the Rams. They had the big yeah. <laughs> and They lights. were like a Canadian band, but like 
no, these guys are, you know, to us, it was like they were fucking kiss or whatever. Totally. Hey, and yeah. totally Gotta give credit. Sean, you said it earlier about the Us Festival. Like yeah. they held their own that day. It's very I important. There's yeah. so many freaking guitar heroes on that day. And yet Rick Emmett slayed too. Slayed. Yeah. And, oh, and, and doing it, doing it, and, and probably the most intricate guy up there. Like, really, totally. in terms of like the different passages and switching through. Totally. And, and it's a trio. Yeah. yeah. And, singing. and singing. And all the harmonies. And singing. I know. Yeah, right. Jesus. What a band. Hey, uh, Sean, let's hear some of your guys. Oh, yeah. I'm very curious because well, now it's like, it's been nice hanging out, but now we're about, it's nice to be, to be tourists, but let's hear from the purist, yo. Well, you know what? Honestly, <laughs> I, I think you guys are going uh, go, going uh, deeper into some of the seventy stuff. You're getting. You're, I'm going to yeah, go hats start off, Hats off to Shane there. Uh, those were some good choices. I, I, I would have ever. Yeah. I'm going to go. Guys. I'm going to pull out Greg Fraser from Brighton Rock. Wow, we oh, talked yeah. not that long ago, dude. Yeah. To me, yeah. and uh, Fraser, he is. Uh, he's like a Jeff Beck guy in a hair metal band. And what's cool about Fraser, he's like Michael Shanker meets Jeff Beck. But he always plays for the song. Yeah. And he's a self-taught guy. He was, we did a gig together. Coney and, and Brighton Rock did a gig together um, in Calgary at the casino a couple of years ago. And I'm hearing him play. And, 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 and he was saying, yeah, man, I just kind of taught myself. It. But watching him, it's like, oh, yeah, that's he has a unique way of voicing chords and everything. But he's got his own thing. And then when he plays those songs, so melodic. And when he was doing the whammy bar stuff, like it's yeah. right on Absolutely. the money. So I always thought he was pretty inspiring. And he always like, plays a, a Lado Earth guitar, like a, the yeah, most Canadian man. metal guitar of all time, too. Yeah, man. I played yeah. it. I played it. It was like, yes. And so yeah. I thought he, I thought he was really underrated, is an underrated player. And he's doing really – I think his new band is called Stormforce. Greg, if I got it wrong, I'm yeah, sorry. But it is. Yeah, yeah they're great. There it is. Yeah. The great guy, like just a super sweetheart of a guy and a really fantastic player. So I, I had him Absolutely. down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Good choice. Wow, that's a really yeah, good yeah, choice. for sure. And then, I loved all that Braden Rock stuff. Yeah, the first record, I, I wore out the very first. Like, I saw them live. They were so freaking good. And so Jerry, good. rest in peace, man. Like, that, what mm -hmm. a cool vocal. It's like Bon Scott type, like, growls stuff. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah. His and, and, uh, but so, singing these beautiful melodies. I, I was a big fan. I know some people were uh, maybe the, the, it's like a Tom Kiefer thing, right? Where it's like, yeah, it's a little scratchy for me, a little aggressive. I thought it was so great singing those really Agreed. beautiful major key melodies, you know? Totally, yeah. yeah. I just thought it was such a, a nice dichotomy. I love the keyboards. I love the band. Uh, Sharon just pointed out the band's called Stormforce. Stormforce, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was called, yeah. Did, is Perfect. that what you said? I don't I don't remember. And I someone mean. earlier just can confirm that uh, David Wilcox from Montreal, but, you know, oh. basically a Toronto guy. Okay, oh, okay. Just there you go. go. Awesome. Yeah, Eddie Kramer produced. Thank you, Dave. Eddie Kramer produced Thunder Seven. So Sean for the win. Listen, uh, I like the fact checking. Like the, obviously, yeah. I, I love that everyone who's watching this is just as yeah. invested, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Of course. Check that out. Don't worry, I got you. We'll I guess that makes the board yours, Sean. Uh, sorry. Fitz, who do you got? Who do you got, Fitz? I want to hear some. Well, um, you know. Uh, I think Paul Dean has to be pretty oh, high up on our list. He's on my list, yeah. Me too. I actually you know what's funny is Fitz and I have this story about sitting in a van driving to the airport. I'm sure you were going to tell this, but we're driving to the airport and Turn Me Loose is playing 
with Slash and all those guys. We're driving to the airport with Slash. Oh, really? And Turn Me Loose is playing, which is like, you know, it's I, we all grew up on that. That's what it is for us. But it's playing, and, and you kind of forget how kind of ambitious that song is. There's like a long solo that happens in the middle of the song for what's such a big commercial track, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember Slash kind of looking over at us going, that's a really good solo, actually. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, for Slash to kind of, you know, because it, it turned me loose by Loverboy would not be in his frame of reference at it would all. would have been on his radar back then. But the fact that that solo just, again, another great, like, kind of feel, funk, kind of almost pocket player. And Slash oh, yeah. just looked at us and went, that guy, that's a really great solo. And I was like, yeah, it is. That guy's one of the best. And he's a, a song guy. You know, yeah, and I he think he probably uses his thumb more than any other guitar player. His yeah. left thumb. He's got the hand recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. see, it's hanging over there now. Yeah. It's probably going to play a, a diminished chord just with the thumb alone. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I played with Paul. Yeah, Shane used to play like, in, in Paul's band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. He was like the the first guitar player that I remember. There was some deeper pocket thing that I felt immediately. And it was like laying back on the beat. And up until that right. point, I didn't really understand laying back on the beat. It was just like, no, you just play hard and loud and fucking do as many fills as you can. <laughs> and fills too. But I mean, I could go on and on about Paul, but he just had this thing where he just sank into the groove. And mm. he, he killed me about it too, because I, he put me under the gun in the studio. But it was just like this thing where it was like, he was always waiting for the one. Like the one was just, it was like thunk. It was like, Gone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him telling me a story about when he, the first time that he said he fell into the pocket on the guitar and he, he said he smoked a joint. And I think he was with uh, Fren uh, Matt Frenette, maybe in Calgary, but he was talking about he smoked a joint. And he was like, he felt what it was like to actually lay back on the beat and actually oh. wait for the time to come down. And he wow. said, he just, it just opened, there was like this epiphany. Uh, in his life where he's he learned how to groove in that moment <laughs> which when you play with him when you hear him play it's that thing he's just got that whenever he plays a riff it's just back and just feels so sleazy and 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 huge you know totally yeah it's really like great the way it goes between chords there's never rushing it's just like just perfect and on the just sitting there all the time and then the solos too, right? Same stuff. Yeah. Solos kind of the Always same. playing the right notes. And that's yeah. such a buttery. bold statement, but yeah. No, no, you're right. Buttery vibrato thing where it just slides around. Yeah. He's, I, he's mean, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm I have a band with M Griner. Todd, do you know yes, M? I yeah. do, yeah. You know what's so yeah. crazy about M? M when she was quite young came to an age of electric show with a yellow envelope and handed it to me saying you know like just a young kid looking to get her you know just looking for a deal and get her music out and i remember thinking like you know within like the blink of an eye she was m griner the recording artist yeah. <laughs> she's fucking awesome in fact i would love to have her on here she's she's like super talented super amazing super what a, what a great gal and she grew up with us. And, and, and do you play in the in the rock band she has? Yeah, we're in Trapper. We 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 have our Trapper, and we also have a thing we're putting together called uh, M and Sean's Electric North, where we're gonna tell stories about growing up and with the can and stuff. And um, but we have a new Trapper song that is literally trying to chase the feeling of this could be the night by Loverboy, and we are agonizing over. Boom, 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 boom. It's like no. Why doesn't it feel that? And Shane, what you're speaking to, 
and Paul's playing, like in the solo, gun, 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 like this, the way he plays into those licks and the tone and like little harmonics that speak out. I'm just, I'm downstairs like pulling my hair out going, I'm not Baldine, I'm not Baldine. What? And the voice thing, like, it's a thing, man. Yeah, oh, it's totally I remember fair, we were yeah. speaking of the Frankie and Johnny's North, the Beacon. We were playing there, and he was down there like spending hours on his tone during the day, like in sound check, and he was just fiddling around like forever and working yeah. with the sound man and going up front and coming back on stage and playing. And I was like, "Wow, I don't really hear much changing," but he was he was he's dialing. He was dialing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go. I'll take a couple now. Um, yeah. Oddly, oddly enough, because you guys have covered so much of what I've what I've covered, I'm going to pull out Kenny Greer's solo on "Lunatic Fringe" by Red oh, Rider. Yeah, it's <laughs> of course. Which is course, a to be honest, that song as a kid, because I don't know how old I was, but I, I feel like I was a child when that song came out. I remember just feeling so dark. <laughs> like it was just like the Scared. darkest song. Yeah, I was scared of that song. Yeah, and 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 reading the lyrics, and we've recorded a version of it years later, and um, the song is really heavy, and it talks about in a certain way, um, you know, just this this narrative of. There you go, Kenny Greer, and he was a he was a proper slide guitar player, which I think I don't think I would have equated at the time. But that solo is just one of the best ever. Just yeah, it's sure. just nuts. He really has like, but that's just an example of one of the many solos that he does. But and what made that band so interesting was having that kind of different kind of guitar player happening in that band. But such a great great solo. Yeah, man, I love that. He's one. loud on stage. Is he? No, oh, yeah, they're loud. <laughs> oh, I bet. Play through like for an amp. I don't. I can't remember what I saw. I just did a gig with him once, and I just remember how loud he was. But I didn't. I didn't even see. I wonder what he would with the slide. That's a good question. With a bass yeah. fender, basement, or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be anything with that. With those kind of things. Yeah. Another weird one that I not weird, but it was meant a lot to us as kids was John Hanna's guitar solo in the "Under My Thumb" by the Street Heart. Oh, um, yeah. the, you know that that version, that solo. Oh, yeah. You know, as much as it's weird to pull out a cover song, I just remember like. Like today, just going through the songs, going like, well, I have to, I have to, as a Saskatchewan guy, talk about Streetheart. And I always go back to that solo as just like this, because it's a long, like they really stretched that. And you could tell that was probably a song that they, they did in the clubs and they sort of stretched it out, out the solo yeah. sections. If there's a bass solo, you know, in the middle spider of the song. solo, when Spider takes it. Yeah. It's, like, when, it's just like, what is happening here? <laughs> and we've done that with him many times. And, uh, but that could Car solo, as simple and just you know chromatic and bendy as it is, is perfect. You know, and Hannah, as brief as his time was, did some pretty major things in that band because Paul Dean, obviously, and Jeff Neal. You know, there's some great guitar players in there, but for for some reason, I just thought that guitar solo is just so, so, so epic to me. Great call. It's memorable. Do 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 yeah, yeah, man. That's what I like. Builds, it builds really nicely. Yeah. I like repetition in solos. You don't always have yeah. to just play yeah. notes after notes, but do it again. If it's a good yeah. riff, do it again. And look uh, at Ace Braley, man. It's like, that's what. Yeah, he's perfect yeah. example. Exactly. Yep. He has a the theme. arena. You can hear yeah. it a few times. You, like it takes a second. Yeah. If you're flying all the time, it, your brain can't process. But for a listener to have something to latch onto, it's pleasing, right? Yeah, I don't think the Stones version really. I mean, that's the interesting thing about what, well, for all intents and purposes, is probably a little bit of a throwaway song for the Stones. Maybe a marimba I mean, solo. That's about it. I can think. Yeah, of. Yeah, it was like yeah, the, 
doop, 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 doop. It's yeah. actually kind of more like a xylophone or you know, kind of thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And this and yeah. the street hard version really, I mean, for those of us who grew up in Saskatchewan, I don't think anybody really equated it to being a Rolling Stones cover. It just was a street hard song, you know. It felt like I mean, a street hard song. Yeah, right? they yeah, definitely it, found their own thing. They, they owned they, it. Yeah, and they and they really created that whole outro when it goes down the. I think I love it. I think I love it. Oh, yeah. That whole outro yeah. section is like that's not from the original song. They just really created something really magical out of a of an, of an old Stone song. It's the most interesting cover. Um, there are stories that apparently Keith Richards has heard it and thought it was way better than the Stones version. That's that's the mythos. Wow. I don't know. If and I would agree. True, that it does sound better. I of course think it, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. Of course it is. And I even, think it's we just have to mention what what about the bass playing? I know we're talking about guitar players, but literally the statement left on that song by the entire band. But we yes. have to mention Spider. Like the yeah, bass know, playing yeah. is some of the best, yeah. you know, ever. It's ridiculous actually. We we've played it on stage with him and we all kind of turn and look at Spider whenever he's going to do that. Like, you know, it's like yeah. it has like right. cool. yeah. yeah. I never got to Yeah, play. it's funny because yeah. the, the whole really? soul section starts with a guitar, right? And then the yeah. bass comes in later, but it comes in while the guitar is still soloing. And That's when right. When we first yeah, played yeah. it with Spider, I didn't know that. And all of a sudden, I look over and he's soloing, and I'm like, "Oh shit, he's soloing!" So I just stop what I'm doing just to watch. Because <laughs> 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 what are you? What are you going to do? It's you're on stage with Spider, and he's soloing, and you're yeah. soloing, and there's no point, you know. <laughs> Probably in many ways one of the best bass players in the world period you know i mean like it's like we can have this conversation all day long <laughs> next week tune in for sean kelly to talk <laughs> bass players <laughs> bass invaders uh, getty lee uh all the canadian bass players mike levine sure um yeah. but no yeah he spider is is the is is the top of the heap um let's let's talk what about alex talk? what do you got let's talk about alex lifeson because i i, I had to have alex just because it's alex um, which is interesting. It's interesting to bring up Alex because I had this conversation with uh, well, a few people. Sebastian Bach, watch your feet. I'm dropping names, uh, but <laughs> he always brings up play an Alex Lifeson chord there. Like he just has it. Like he's, Sebastian's not a guitar sus player. No, is it a sus two? Yeah, like a sus kind of like open kind of clang yeah, yeah. Kind of chord. Mm -hmm. But Alex, um, it's funny because I, I I dug deep and I was like, well, you you kind of have to give it to him for Working Man and stuff like that. Like the the early yeah. Alex is so much more like the rock and roll Alex, you know what I mean? And he sort yeah. of really melds into, I mean, obviously the later day stuff. Even like that solo in La Vila Strangiato, it's brilliant. You know, I mean, you kind of forget. It's yeah, it's like it's like one of those things where you kind of forget because that song is so epic in and of itself. You're kind of like, yeah, the guitar solo in that is really that you know, the volume pedal thing or whatever he's doing there is it's bananas. I mean, he's, he's sort of like in a weird way because he's playing with Neil Peart and Getty Lee, who are like, so like mind blowingly that almost Alex's job is almost more like that Pete Townsend thing of like trying to hold the whole band together with his guitar playing. But when he cuts loose, when they, you know, when there's that final moment for him to cut loose, you're like, you kind of are reminded once in a while, like, yeah, this guy is the real deal. Oh yeah, I think the solo in "Closer to the Heart" you can sing every note. Yep, you know, yeah, absolutely. it's one of those, one of the most melodic ones he's done. Great. Absolutely, <laughs> so many Y Y Z, and then all yeah. the textures and tones and everything like that he brings to a Rush song. I mean, it's like, did he play the guitar solo on "Take Off" on the Bob and uh, Doug McKenzie? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> wow, dude, we gotta we're gonna have to ask. Uh, 
We might have to ask Andy Curran or someone to dig down into the anthem uh, vaults. It's a great solo. Let's see. That. Let's see is that? It is a great solo. Well, it's, you know it's, what? I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. There's a big drum solo in that song too, but I don't know who actually. I wonder. I would. I would love to know who those guys are on that song. It's Getty's voice, totally. but. I don't know who the backup band would be. Well, it might be Ian Thomas because he did. He was a co-writer, right? Oh, like Jeff Jones and Ian Thomas, or some like you know, like the the guys are. Wow, I wonder. Oh yeah, you just said Jeff Jones. So we saw Tom Cochran last week, and we played with uh, Tom Cochran and Red Rider in Edmonton. But when you see the mighty Jeff Jones on bass, we have to note and got to remember he's the original bass player in Rush. That's right. Right. That's, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We, we forget that. We forget that. Yeah, no, he's a wow. monster player. Yeah. They fired Getty, got Jeff, and then they fired Jeff and got Getty back in, I think. <laughs> that's I don't right. know the whole story, but yeah, I yeah. just know that there he is a story. claim that he was the original. Mm-hmm. That Ray Daniels was involved. Well, Ray claims to not remember this, but Getty says that, that Ray Daniels removed Getty Lee, put Jeff back in the band, and then, then Getty ended up back in the band. And clearly that was the right decision because, you know, what would Rush be if they didn't have Getty Lee? Yeah. yeah totally different band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to say, my favorite license solo, Limelight. Oh, sure. Yeah. Limelight solo. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the one I keep coming back to. Yeah. That one, it, it's just so, it's just got all the, the long tone, like just perfect. So, so ambient. It really is. I also love the one, remember that song, The Past, that was on the Presto record? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, really beautiful Celtic type thing. Time. He's got so many flavors. He's a great Kevin Shelton brings up Ian Crichton, who's also on my list from Saga. <laughs> I had him queued up because I was just about to say he was my number two, and I had to really think about it. Totally. Wow. He's yeah. a ridiculous, he's a he's a ridiculous yep. guitar player. I mean, oh, he's like... Ridiculous. <laughs> it's a whole other yeah. thing going on there. Uh, I, of course, cool. you know, I mean, the uh, solo on we do on the loose and it's always like that moment yeah. where I go, Corey Churko on the guitar. Cause this is going to be ridiculous. Even better than on the loose is wind them up. Wind them yeah. up. Wow. Is my yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anybody has never heard that song. Go, go listen to it after two yeah. talk. Wind them up by saga. Wow. No. Wow. Yeah. You bring it. You, you just brought, you brought the a game there. Look out. Yeah. Um, you want to hear my a, in a level on his own. He really, really. is. I yeah. Mean, it, yeah. That band is a lot of guys doing that. That band is kind of its own thing, really. They were like an art rock, yeah. prog rock, um, next level type thing. Well, I got to tell you, this one more thing. When I was touring over with Nelly Furtado in Europe, we're playing some pretty good sized rooms. Saga is still huge over there. Huh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. in Germany. Yeah, yeah, in Germany, they're playing like, you know, arenas and stuff. Massive. Sean, mm-hmm. I commend you on the Canadian pronunciation, Saga. Just hey, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, <laughs> I've been living in the States too long. So I don't eat tomatoes either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I eat pasta. And I listen to Saga. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I definitely man. eat pasta. Yeah. yeah. Um, my wild card, you want to hear the, my wild card that I, that I, oh, I wrote yeah. down and I kept meaning to, yep. like, kind of, I was going to, but I have Mama Let Him Play by Jerry Doucette. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because that Good guitar line. solo was a massive deal. Like, as a kid, it was like that. Oh, you know, it's dude. a really long It's a really long guitar solo for what, again, is just a... It winds out, man. That's a great choice. And it's also, dude. like, the, the harmony thing that comes in. It's like <laughs> it's like the kind of thing that, well, Corey's... When we were kids, Corey's uh, family band played that song. We actually jammed it together recently. I'm, oh, look, look oh, out. Oh, here we go. I'm after him with the barbecue now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see your fingers. So good. Awesome, man. 
Kinds of things. It's another one of those songs, kind of like Rock and Roll Machine, which is funny that I didn't really have that on my list because I kind of, you know, so overwhelmed by the Triumph discography that, yeah. but where there's kind of like the guitar solo is as much a part of the song as the song. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. um, that that song. Whenever I think of Mama Let Him Play, there's just this guitar solo that, and every guitar player I jam with as a kid was like, "Hey, let's play Mama Let Him Play." I'm always like, "Oh, great! This guy because he just wants to be able to play the guitar solo for <laughs> yeah, exactly for two minutes." And I'm like, "All right, here we go." <laughs> yep. What uh, anybody, on? Is, is, it is just, anybody? What about D? Is it just drop D? Well, no, I'm not sure well, what that's. I thought it was no, a it's A, a right? Oh. There's probably a lot of there's probably a lot of people watching this that don't know what the hell we're talking about. Uh, Ian Thornley, there's there's a Ian Thornley's an amazing guitar player. Oh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of modern guys, Gordy Johnson, all those guys. I mean, they're all monster guitar players. But um, does anybody okay, else have anybody? Gotta... Yeah, go ahead. Cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta mention. Wow, it's like Big Brother was watching that. Yeah. Like, nope, yeah. I'm not gonna mention that. Oh, Alda Nova, that's a good one too. Like uh, the one thing I'll say is another example of like fantasy is one of those songs where I go, yeah, the guitar solo in that song's bitching. Like he's like he's like straight up Les Paul guy during a phase where Les Pauls weren't really that popular. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like uh, yeah. and a, and a number of other songs of his that is just you know. And he ends built up creating Bon Jovi out of it. Yeah, right. Totally. That's that's, yeah. that's the start of that for me. It's that song, you know? And then that descending thing, you know. That, that now that you mentioned it, that hundred percent is the, the, the ongoing sort of Bon Jovi like that melodic keyboard line is a template. Well, it was runaway, right? It ended up and they totally. were all in there together making that sound at that studio at Tony Bon Jovi's studio. It's kinda cool. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, well, I would love to hear yeah. what what uh, Fitz's wild card was. Did any of you guys have anybody else that we didn't mention? We got Derry so Graham, right? We talked about Derry. Oh, we Derry. didn't say Derry yeah, yet. Derry. Nope. I was no, going to mention him if nobody else did. Another two talk guest. Yep. Derry yeah. Graham. Um, also, um, Brian Allen from Toronto. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, great call. Yeah. A yeah, lot of times, some of the Toronto songs that I didn't like were saved by the guitar solo. You Interesting. Know, the, the choice. Oh, and one of those guys who wasn't really fancy, but he had a really good choice of notes. That's funny when that happens, right? You know, when that you're, was my you're whole kind of like, I'm not blocking, I have to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, totally. I, I, like I agree. I like talking. I agree. But I, I spent like, a lot of time. I knew I knew how long to fast forward to the solos in every. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. hilarious. No offense. No offense. I like a lot of great yeah. Dawkins songs. No offense to three quarters of Dawkins, but yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't want Wild um, Brown coming and kicking my ass. So yeah, exactly. He's wild. It's in his yeah, name. He, he clearly. I've been trying yeah. to find who did the guitar, who did the takeoff solo. Damn, that information is just not out there. Dave oh, Bedard. Wow. Thank you, Dave. Um, JR Drums, honorable mention to Paul Hackman. Of course, Paul Hackman. Oh, I have them as my duo, Derner, Dr. Derner and uh, Paul Hackman. Love those guys. You know what? You know, another- my prediction is that my prediction is Fitz is, is, is going to say Keith Scott. Yeah. Keith Scott. From Brian Adams, yeah. Who is the Mike Campbell of, of, of uh, you know, in that world of just all the right notes. It doesn't oh, have to be flashy. That's a great just, call. Yeah, he just does it, does, so does it exactly too. as it should be, yeah. And he's, he's really the guy. Really tasty. 
I saw a couple, whatever it was, uh, four years ago or something, Brian Adams. And he was just so great. Scott. Oh, yeah. 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 And his feel and the sound and just everything. Real deal. You kind of understand how a guy like that. It's his backstage. He got kicked out. Okay. (laughs) While we're on the topic of of Keith Scott, Keith Scott, I don't know how much you want card. Yeah, that's so funny. I, I'm ready to go. What about Aldo Nova and Keith Scott? Hey, all that matters is we all got each other covered here. We all think alike. We all know and love yeah. the same guys. So, yeah, we look, I wrote down here because, you know, I know Corey and I are, we're, you know, we probably know, well, I know almost every Brian Adams song from, you know, like the very first album. I mean, I used to play all those songs in cover bands, but like we're talking the, the weird stuff too but um cuts like a knife it's pretty yep. you know sure. rock staple yep. one of the great and everything i do i do it for you oh, real simple one on my list too yeah. yep just oh, no. massive so yeah. and heaven heaven and heaven yeah kevin yeah. houston kevin houston or houston has prisms Lindsay mitchell which is actually a a good yep. call. He has some great yep. solos. Brian Smith, though, Trooper, Boys in the Bright White Sports Car. Oh, yeah. yeah Forget about it. He's on my yeah. list. Yeah. And Glenn yeah, Willow, some Harlequin. Of course. Yeah, Harlequin. Glenn Willow. Uh, sorry, Thinking of You. That solo and Thinking of You. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's amazing, yeah. yeah. That, that's you what know, I said to my wife. I said, you know, that Thinking of You solo is is one of the ones I look forward to playing every show mm-hmm. when we do it. That song, too. Just the, everything about it. The groove. Yeah, it's so heavy. I got to do an acoustic thing with Harlequin. I got to play, wow. um, yeah, the uh, George singer, he wanted to do a stripped down acoustic thing. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was really neat to hear those songs as he originally conceived them, which weren't necessarily his hard rock songs. They were like kind of R&B, he come from an R&B place. So anyway. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Don Kovac, Kovac has uh, Colin James, Saskatchewan. Amazing. Colin's, great. Totally. Colin's, yep. next Colin's great. Yep. You know the you know a group of guys that I have is 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 that April Line creamy section in that particular phase with Miles Goodwin and Brian Greenway and, and Gary Moffat yeah. like that yeah. that solo in Roller is is bananas to this day when you hear it yeah. you're like yeah. it's another one of those songs yeah exactly it's another one of those songs where you, you kind of go yeah it's a great song and then you remember like oh, that solo is insane like to to sit there and go like what do you want to do for this solo let's do a three way harmony guitar solo is like. You know, like well, a lot of those bands that have three guitar players out there, they don't even utilize it nearly as well as 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 uh, April Wine did back in the seventies. It's like that's mm-hmm. and it wasn't a sixteen-year-old kid chopping it up in Pro Tools for the producer. Right? No, hey, hey, yeah, hey, good hey, point. Yeah, I'm going to plot that here. No, you think no. they had to think about that for a Yeah, no. yeah. They, they completely composed right? that. They composed that entire yeah. piece together. It's bananas. Yeah, yeah. Although one of my least favorite solos of all time is an april wine solo oh really which one and i'm, I'm just tr- i'm trying to think of the song and for some reason um a meatloaf song is coming in my head but it's, it's the big ballad and it seems like it was right in that time period it's just when... between you and yes, me yes 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 i can't think I of the solo. it's a total transistory guitar sound that is obviously really? a solid state amp in those in the days oh. when when solid state was like touted as the next big thing like the best superior oh, wow. to tube amps listen to that solo it's 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 like like a, a onion paper over a comb it's <laughs> really, <laughs> and having a solo yeah no it's Jimi a, hendrix 
Jimi Hendrix did that exact thing in uh, Crosstown Traffic, mind you. Which is a, a, an effect that he was... Uh, Dave Federich, <laughs> Federich has uh, Randy Bachman, of course. The guitar solo in American Woman Alone wins mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, yeah. that tone is bananas. You know, it's like... Yeah. yeah. Shane's listening to that April Wine solo now. I can't think of it yet. <laughs> That's so you funny. Oh, we're good. Oh yeah, there yeah. Oh. Piddly, 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 piddly. <laughs> piddly, piddly, piddly. Oh wow! I'm gonna go back and investigate. Me too. Yeah, and it's 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 not it's not as much as the notes, although the notes, well, whatever. But it's more the tone. The tone is really like it's like nails on a chalkboard. Right. That's that's such a guitar player. Great song though. I love the song. I love I the song. Don Don Kovacs mentioned Jeff Healy, of course, which is you know. Oh yeah, yeah. he's on my list too. Yep. Yeah, such a special. You know, I, I read a thing once where Roger Taylor from Queen saw him perform and bought the very chair he sat on that night. He was like so blown away by wow. what he witnessed. He bought the chair. He's like, and he just, I was like, wow, that that says a lot. Wow. Oh wait, Johnny Langan. I just have to say it, Corey solo and never enough for you. Now that is a good guitar solo. There you go. There you <laughs> go. That is wait a second. Man. Johnny Langan, uh, I think he's asking for twenty bucks from Corey Churko. I don't know. Deep <laughs> <laughs> transfer available here. Yeah, I'll give him his twenty bucks later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your Venmo, Johnny? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm very excited to hear the guitar solos on the newly Aaron record myself. Yeah, <laughs> me too. That's gonna be so exciting. We can probably yeah. wrap this up because we've. I think we've. Uh, this has been so much fun, my friend. Oh, I, I've actually been wanting. Ever since you brought it up, I was like, "Yeah, dude, that'd be so much fun to get to do like a, a theme-oriented type thing." And we only kind of, you know, like I said, barely broke the surface on on your career. So, and, but the fact that your career is ongoing, I think that makes it all the more. We're gonna have all the more to talk about. Oh, Pat Travers. No, yeah. we didn't oh, mention Pat Travers. We come in with the Pat. Thank Travers. you, Richard. Oh, Thank you. God. Well, From yeah. the main streets we of Toronto. To start the show again. <laughs> yeah, I know that's unforgivable. Yeah, Pat <laughs> Travers. Hey, we got to mention. What, what about? Hey, Carol Pope. Sean, you played with Carol Pope. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I knew I met you, right, Brent? Dude, yes. We're at the Hard Rock in Toronto. I did meet you way back then. Yeah. That was when I remember. I always, you. yeah, I always wanted to mention because we mentioned all these other gigs, but like, hey, Carol Pope is, you know, Canadian royalty and you, 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 know, you played in Rough Trade. It's super cool. Well, man. you know what? It's, it's great because I get to play with Carol in her solo band, but I love doing the Rough Trade thing when her and oh, Kevin yes. are there. Oh, and, God, uh, God, that'd be great. We got Kevin Hearn from Bare Naked Ladies now in the band playing. It's, oh, uh, really? Yeah, it's wow. really cool. It's I'm I'm looking forward to more of those. But her solo stuff, she's just amazing. Carol's amazing. I always remember um, Paul Schaefer from David Letterman's. You know, he would always do a a Carol uh, Pope impression. You know that tears are not tears are not enough. You know, you know and I'd be like, <laughs> who's he seeing this dude? Like in New York City, amazing. Yours is pretty good too. <laughs> I've been I've been throwing a high school confidential at our set list for years, but it's oh, we got to do it. It's a little we bit gotta... hashtag me. It's a little bit hashtag me too now when it's sung from a dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even she says it. She'll say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to sing that creepy song y'all want." So <laughs> but you know what? Uh, how do we? It too. Do we? Do we do a real quick? Oh, we ahead. did that song. Uh, she got inducted. Into the, her and Kevin got inducted in the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame, and we recorded it. And we were doing it, and she sang it in one take. And you forget that's just how they used to do it back then. 
It's like, oh, yeah. oh it's yeah. perfect. Because, and she's like, yeah. Like, hello, I sang it. But it's amazing, like actually, yeah. anyway, she's amazing. I, that, that's what I. That's what I think is so cool about your career is that you're all these guys were sitting around, too, just dreaming of these like people that we grew up and loved, and you're actually playing with them. That's what I think is so cool. So lucky, man. I'm just just lucky. I'm a lucky guy. And what's know. with the what is Coney Hatch uh, plans wise? Do you think there's there gonna be any new music of any? I know there was some uh, a while ago. There was some uh, release. There we had a we did a show uh, during. COVID, we did I managed to get a show out the Elma Combo that we put out right. as a double live record. Oh yeah, cool. Um, mm-hmm. that was like kind of a limited edition double vinyl bootleg thing. Oh, so cool. Man. I gotta got a copy of that. Damn. But we do have another live album recorded in Germany and there are I think I'm at liberty to say this. Uh, Carl Dixon might be coming to my house to strangle me, but I'm gonna go <laughs> I don't think I don't, I think I get. there are two new Coney songs that have been No way. Yeah, and they're awesome. both great, man. And those guys yeah, are awesome. so good. It's such a great band. We need Carl on the show. Why hasn't he been on this show? Carl yeah. needs to be on this show. Yeah, maybe you he's a music trivia voice. machine. He's unbelievable. Okay, His whole knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Great Eddie Trunk's very happy. We're talking about One, Coney Hatch. Yeah, Eddie <laughs> Trunk is a big Coney Hatch fan. In fact, he gives oh, us a hard time every time. How come you guys don't play any any uh, Coney Hatch? I got to tell oh, you no. that Monkey Bars solo that you were talking about before that Shelsky did. That's the song Donna Lee by Charlie Parker. That's actually yes. a piece. Oh. I think Kim, Kim told said, us that. Play one of those Humber things that you study. He was at Humber Jazz College, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, studying That's right. Wow. wow. And Amazing. He played in a different key, but same length. And I'll tell you, when, I, when they first told me I'd be doing some gigs maybe, I was out in the road with Nelly, and I'm going – how the hell am I going to figure out this solo? I'm, I spell jazz O-C-K. I don't know what the hell is going on here. I can't figure this out. But I, 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 the background singer goes, she knew it. That's Charlie Parker. So I got that blue book with Charlie Parker on it, and I read it down. One rehearsal. Oh, I think I picked out the solo, man. Well, but that's only because I learned it from the notes. I mean, I cheated. Wow. Amazing. But I'll tell you, every night I that's have to great. play that. It's like people are watching. They don't care. The arms get folded and the direction stares. I just cross myself. <laughs> and say, I don't know. I usually try and land. If I get land an 8.5 out of 10, I'm happy. I don't know. It's hard. Exactly. I love those yeah. kind of gigs where it's like you just see everybody look at you with their red pen going click, and they're ready to kind of rate you. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, it's uh, that you you kill that, dude. I'm I'm okay. so excited to see you uh, do your thing in the future, and hopefully we'll be able to kind of. Uh, I I just can't wait. I can't wait to be uh, somewhere watching you with Coney Hatch or with Lee or with Rough Trade or or with Triumph or with uh, Rush or whatever <laughs> band you're playing with. <laughs> I, I can't wait till our paths cross and I can see you guys. I'm a big fan of what you're all doing. I'm so uh, oh, grateful you. that you brought me on. I absolutely love what you're doing for Canadian music, and thank you so much for that. And just sharing your gifts. It's so great to see you guys out there just killing it. Oh, thank Amazing, you. Amazing, guys. Now we got to Ven- we got to Venmo you some money now. <laughs> yeah. <That's right. laughs> we'll have to have Sean back on when we have our Tears Are Not Enough full discussion on. Oh, <laughs> on one day we're going to have to do that, guys. We're going to have to yeah, break that whole sure. thing down. As every day sure. goes by. <laughs> Actually, I think, Todd, you can sing every right. note from that. Yeah. Who's going to know it? Oh, you know that we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, we, we even got like our American guitar player Frank in Slash's band. He knows that song, you know, note for note. We play it for him all the time. <laughs> he has no choice hanging out with us. <laughs> Constantly, like, he'll once in a while send me messages going, as every day goes by. <laughs> Speaking of which, that Gordon Lightfoot documentary on Hulu could not be recommended enough. It is fucking mm. really oh, good. Yeah, it really is good. It's great. Yeah. The fact that they start the thing with him like listening to his old songs, going like, ah, oh, shut this thing off. I hate this fucking song. <laughs> it's, like, it's just so great. And he's like, how old yeah. is, how old would he be now? Because he's still got dates. As far as I know. Oh, yeah, he's still kind of unrecognizable. Like when you first see him, it's like, wow, really? Yeah, he's got really? like long hair and thin. And I, I, I want to yeah. Yeah, go to Massey Hall and just watch a show and say I did that because, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Sure. Platinum Blonde. Breach the distance. That's uh, Mark's part in the middle of... Uh... He's, he's <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Gordon Lightfoot, 82 years old. Damn. Wow. That's as old as my dad. Amazing. Well, my dad's listening right now, by the way. Of course he is. <laughs> of course. We should ask Merv what his favorite Canadian guitar solo is. He'd probably say never well, enough. He, for... he likes the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> he's going to sing. He's going to oh, pick some guitar solos in the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> or no... Yeah. Oh, one more That's dark horse, awesome. and I know, and then you can kick me out. Marvin Burt from yep. Haywire, great guitar. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, absolutely. I have him on my list too. Oh, right on. <laughs> I never got through my whole list. I mean, it's it's kind of a tome, but well, let's hear. Let's quickly uh, hear. Let's quickly hear who else you have there. Well, Jack Semple, man. Oh, you guys oh. Jack is? one of the best. One of the best. Guitar He's like. Yeah, he's like next level. Like yeah, yeah, anybody yeah. just look oh, up yeah, Jack Semple. Not only is he a stupid, sick guitar player, he's such a great singer too. Like he's he's he in the, really uh, is, the yeah. blues, the blues genre. And one of my first guitar lessons that wasn't from my dad was from Jack Semple. I, wow. I went into Regina, really? and uh, I wanted to learn the guitar solo from uh, from. Uh, Night Ranger. Night Ranger. Oh, yeah. don't, don't tell oh, me you wow. love me. God, God, God. <laughs> wow. And and Jack, he, he plays with his nail, like his his nail. He grows his index now really long, and he's a classical guy too, Sean. Right? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, so I so his that. nails are all really super long, but he's 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 sort of used that to make his own style in the blues sort of genre. And wow, man. Just amazing. So so him for sure. Uh, whoever played the solo on uh, Sunglasses at Night? Andy Barnett from England. <laughs> Whoa. There you go. I'm friends with him oh, on Facebook. I, no way. <laughs> okay. Wow, Great. that's really cool. Awesome. Um, and then but I have um, English. Steve DeMarchi from, uh, or DeMarchi, I guess you said. From, oh, uh, Sheriff. From Sheriff. Oh, Sheriff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. love yeah. all this. Mm-hmm. That was right. the days when I wanted a, a Floyd Rose so bad and I didn't have the money to, to buy one. And he was doing all this stuff, so I was really into him. Great idea. Lots of that cool. Stuff. Uh, hey, what about Larry Gilstrom from Kickaxe? If we don't mention him, Chris Jericho will kill us. Oh, yeah, and Ray Harvey. Oh, and Ray Harvey as well, yeah. actually. Ray yeah. Harvey. Yeah. 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 On the road to rock, great solo. Yeah. Whose phone is yeah. ringing? <laughs> I don't know whose phone I'm trying to call my dad. I'm trying to get my dad's oh, okay. uh, opinion on what his favorite solo is, but he's not asking. Okay. <laughs> I would love to hear that. <laughs> Hilarious. But, um, like, yeah, like, the Haywire guy dropped uh, the um, drop the needle. What was that song? Dance desire. 
Dance, Dance Desire. Desire. Hey, that'd be that's a good Tuke song. Yeah. That'd be a good mm-hmm. Tuke song. You guys yeah. kill that. That would be a great it's, one. For bad it's reminiscent of the the plat, Platinum Blonde. True. Of yeah. the Crying. Right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. That sort of thing. It's a little bit of uh, yeah. maybe uh, Andy Taylor Duran Duran kind of so power station. Yeah. Power station. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they were. Yeah, I mean, th- their hair was exactly like. I mean, Haywire's Haywire was a nice blend of new wave and rock. Yeah. Yeah. And that guy was Agreed. such a great singer. And really but was. their hair was totally Duran Duran. Did yeah. you hear that the, uh, the just this week they announced that um, he has retired and JD Fortune, I think his name is the dude that I was just in. Saw that was in excess really? guy is now the singer for haywire yeah that's right that's no right. way like, yeah it was just no i just way. saw that the other day a friend of mine sent it to oh. me like check this out i was like oh wow oh, wow I, I did a I did a benefit thing with him once here in vegas where he showed up at he was a friend of um carrie simon this chef who passed away uh, but anyway yeah so i was like man he's a really great singer so we'll see but he i that dude i don't even remember what the dude in haywire's name was what was his singer, oh, singer name? Yes, he was fucking mm-hmm. great. Great, and yeah. he still is. I think he he he's got a really successful corporate thing he does, a music thing. Nice. And, I think, he, he, lives in, I think he lives in Newfoundland or something like that. Like yeah, that's like, right. Like he's way off the beaten path or whatever. Yeah. And those other guys are from Nova Scotia. That's Paul right. said he didn't retire. He's just taking a break. Oh, okay, well, there you go. Maybe he'll come back. I don't know. Yeah. They're great uh, guys. I did a gig with him a while ago. Great guys. And JD's a great singer, yeah. too. So it should be cool. He really is, yeah. Um, well, I've had fun. This guitar- was awesome, guys. Yeah, yeah the, gu- the guitar solo and metal queen. The guitar solo and metal queen rules too. By the way. Oh yeah, man, John. Al- <laughs> John Albany. I mean, great. I, yeah. I, his songs yeah. are so good. I, I forget what a great guitar player he is. Until yeah. I go up there and play him. <laughs> that song. That song. I almost feel like I bummed Lee out talking too much about metal queen <laughs> when we had her on here. But I just like that yeah. song. That riff is just like. It's like it almost has that Paul Dean like perfect placement of how it it happens in the right spot. Totally, that's a great song. She and she cr- still crushes it live too. Oh come on, yeah, she's yeah, she's still at got her a game together. All yeah. right, lads, it's been a blast. Love you, Sean. Thank you so much for being Thank here with us. That was, that was a blast. No, that was fun, Sean. Yeah, I feel like you. sometimes was really fun. I feel like sometimes we could just keep going, but uh, then I worry about. You know, me be the, be the, being the only one interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got well, a little too organized that tour, go, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, come tune your guitars on the road, so I just so up for the conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. Conversation. I want twenty minutes of chat. No, 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 no. I think it'd be awesome when we when we decide to uh, when we get that you know the, that bump up in in money, then we'll we'll have to add that second guitar player. You know, we'll be like you know Maiden, where they have the third guitar player. Like, why is that guy still there? Go, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Company on the walk. Let's keep them going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll just keep adding our friends to the band until. Yeah, we're yeah. Like, I'm waiting. I'll be waiting for the call, boys. Exactly. All right. Exactly. It's gonna be fun. All right, boys. Did you want to play any of that more of that video on the way out, Corey, or are we just gonna shut it down? Uh, we're gonna shut it down. We'll we'll play the rest. Um, but yeah, we'll play the rest next week. Okay. But I will leave you with this. When you have something this to play between about. you. Just between you and me. Vous et moi. <laughs> there you go. Voulou vous coucher avec moi. <laughs> I don't know. That's not, obviously, that's a different song. 
Good interpolation, though. I like it. Wow, it, it, that but actually it really works. It works perfectly. Uh, it really works. Yeah. <laughs> Voulez-vous que j'ai avec moi? <laughs> oh, wow. That's how that song will forever be heard in my brain from now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sean, I, I can't wait to hear the new Lee stuff. I can't wait. I'm such a big Coney Hatch fan that I can't wait to see you uh, tear it up with those guys. And please say hi to Andy Forrest, who I love that guy to death. I know Andy's, I don't know if he's going to return our calls now that he's doing Alex Lifeson stuff and he's in Rolling Stone magazine and shit. I'm like, wow, look, yeah. at, look at Andy. Damn. I, know, I know, it's so great. Killing it, that's great. Um, but yeah, no, keep keep doing what you're doing because I, I love it. I'm going to bust out that uh, Metal on Ice book and dig in. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate awesome. it. All the best, guys. You too, brother. And thanks so much, everybody, for, for tuning in. We had a blast. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks again, Sean. Bye, everybody. Take care, guys. I'm out. Tuesday, Tuesday.